Welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best Guild Ball podcast. Please stand by. episode 106. In this episode, Steve and Andrew talk to Skrill about the WTC 2020, the nature of the event, and how it is the best, most prominent celebration of Guild Ball in the world. from people's basements and bedrooms across the European Union. Uh, my name is Steve Cole. Um, with me today is Andrew Jones. Oh, hello. And um, I'm going to attempt this. Cause... First time I've given an intro to my own podcast. Hello. I know, I thought I'd intro you to your own podcast. Like, Andrew, for the listener, if you want a peek behind the scenes... Um, Andrew is currently painting, and his microphone is broken. So we're bringing bringing to you a high level of professionalism, as always. Can you hear me? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and and there, that sardonic, uh, sardonic tone in the background is our special guest today, um, uh, Skerolf Waldinger. Have I got that correct this time? <laughs> yeah, Skerolf. That was that was very good. It's Dickinger. Thinking, uh, oh yes. man, so close. Sorry. So close, yeah. Those German just, names. Just call me Stephen Co- Stephen Cohen for the rest of the episode. And we can call it even. <laughs> I won't do that, no. 
<laughs> but yeah, nice to be on. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's an, our absolute pleasure. Um, do, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? And I guess there's there's one big reason to have you on this podcast. Um, but I think we'd be very interested to know something of your background and a little bit about um, Guild Ball in Austria, which is obviously one of the one of the larger, stronger Guild Ball communities. But perhaps one we don't hear from uh, so much, at least in our um, like lacking bilingual uh, Anglosphere. Yeah, some background on on myself. I'm I'm 40 years of age, so I'm quite old compared to a lot of other players. Um, Been playing the game. (laughs) (laughs) Been playing since uh, first edition. Actually, uh, was on the Kickstarter. Got my first fisherman team, which is still standing behind me. um, Through that. and um, father of two boys, uh, working in the salt mine, which is the international pharma company scene. But uh, besides that, I've I've been a pundit for quite some time. Um, been organizing tournaments in the Austrian sphere regularly. Um, and uh, the big surprise, which nobody will be surprised about, I'm organizing this year's WTC in Austria. So that is pretty much what I'm doing most of my free time right at the moment. And so how did you, because for those, it was uh, Kim and Steve, wasn't it? Who, yes. Steve, not yes. Steve Cole, uh, Steve Herrick, uh, who were the WTC. So, so how did you come to take over WTC? And um, So I've... I have, I had a lot of experience from back in the day in the late 90s starting to organize, uh, we called it the Salzburger Festspiele. During my uh, university time in Salzburg, we ran uh, what would develop into um, a Europe-wide Warhammer Fantasy Games uh, a tournament. Um, back then, 5th and 6th edition for, for those old players out there. Um, and... Um, as I said, I have a lot of experience organizing Guildball tournaments in Austria or in the Austrian sphere of, of we get players. Because usually if we if we run a tournament in, in Graz or Vienna, we have guys from Slovenia, Hungary, Poland, Czech Republic, Austria um, coming to them. And when they put, I think they, they posted this on Facebook or was it Twitter? I don't remember. They basically asked for people to step up because they wanted to um, diverse the program and get out of the limelight of organizing it and basically take a step back because they've been doing it for years and I understand the drag um, and um, they basically said if anyone's interested uh, we can have a conversation at the WTC or if you're not at the WTC um, in Skype one day and at the WTC at the end of day one we actually got together there were two groups interested which was um, the Slovenian group um, and myself uh, the big advantage was that the Slovenians and I are good friends. Uh, we hadn't talked about this, <laughs> which was actually a surprise because at the beginning um, they were a little bit, you know, not the Slovenian, but the WTC guys were a little bit, you know, reserved. And they were, they said, uh, so there is another competitor. Uh, we're talking to you and we're also talking to the other competitor. It's all in good sport, but, you know, let's see who has the better offer. And between games, we actually were standing together having a beer and, and Primoz, one of the Slovenian guys asked me, so what are you doing now? And I was like, I, I need to meet with the WTC guys because I might take it over. And he said, what? I'm the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, Primoz, I've played him. I've played Primoz at WTC a couple he's of years a ago. He's a fantastic so. sport. He's one of the best players and, and, and he's a genuinely nice person. I love him dearly. And so, so yeah. 
I mean, great. I mean, so I guess, do you want to give a little bit, because obviously most people will know what WTC is, but some people will yes. not. So do you want to just give a little bit of sort of detail about, you know, what is the WTC and if you've never heard of it, why should you, why should you come along? Okay, why should you come along? Um, because you get the best players in the world come there. Everybody's a fantastic sport. I there is I, I haven't seen anyone arguing or being mad. Um, it's all high profile games, a lot of booze, not enough yeah. sleep, and genuinely it's just a great community. Um, and this is why most players who go there want want to return. Just come for the games and stay for the people. That is what I would say. And this is also what we try to recreate in Austria this year. Mm. It's, it's definitely, I think, uh, among probably my two favorite gaming events I've ever been to. Um, it's actually where Andrew and I first met, wasn't it? It was. It was beautiful. Yeah, we, we, we met on respective UN teams at WCC a couple of years ago. Also, I went there myself, social exercise, I'm a bigger player, um, but... It was a, it was a superb weekend, it really was, because um, if you walk around the world, you probably only talked to online before, and the, the feeling of atmosphere, and obviously it's competitive championships, um, but it really is a, a super event, and uh, everyone's there for the same reason. And mm. It's just a weird sort of, you go to a hotel, you only leave there for three days, a weird sort of bubble for three days of alcohol, for them, and yeah, don't sleep either, and it was great, fantastic weekend, and um, I'd love to return one day. Yeah, and I think can apply obviously if you if you're interested in applying you can apply i think via your most countries have their own sort of uh, groups that are setting up the national team some some more formal than others i know i know england has a fairly extensive uh, qualification process for it whether scotland was are there nine people willing to play covering the full gamut of go ball talent i think uh, it's fair to say um but yeah, so, so do look at that. But there are, there's also UN teams, aren't there, Because yes, uh, we made a dedication this year to to basically keep a, a handful of slots open for UN teams. So if if you don't have a meta, if if you're feeling just like you need to connect with a lot of players around the globe, and you have the, I, I will be frank, have the the money on the side to fly to Austria and enjoy this for a weekend. I mean, it's it's not for free, to be honest. But also, I can only recommend coming here. You can sign up for a UN team. Uh, we already have two full UN teams. Uh, for this year um, also filled some work spots for I think France 4 and I think one of um, um, was it Wales I think it was Wales or, no, no it was Ireland Ireland 2 also needed a Merc so um, shout out to those guys approaching us because that's always recommended if you only have two players and you want to say, uh, have a national team talk to the WTT guys we will sort you out for a player um, oh. I'll yeah. mention because there's a, there's a rumored Portuguese team, uh, a sort of Portuguese nationals based in the south of England, sort of thinking about it. So I'll, I'll flag it with them. But yeah, the UN teams are a great fun. I can, I, I did. Andrew and I both did one uh, the first year we went, and it, really nice way to meet people. Really, and a really nice like casual way to play. It was quite a competitive event, I think, um, because you're sort of you know by nature you're sort of there for the fun of it as well, aren't you? Um, so there's a big question at the Sorry. There is one Carry thing, on. I'm, I'm really sorry to interrupt you there, but there's one thing I want to, you know, add upon, you know, we have UN teams and you can come. This year we will most likely, it's not, the, the ink on the paper is not yet there, but we have an agreement. The UN is actually going to sponsor the UN teams this year. Yeah, like, United Nations. Yes, uh, I work <laughs> 10 minutes walking distance from the UN site in Vienna. And I decided to just walk in, ask for the PR department and told them what we're doing. Wow. And they were delighted. And we will get some, you know, it won't be like we will pay your flight or anything like that, but they are going to 
to pick up the jersey costs for the UN teams. So, so nice. there is something. I mean, it's it's not <laughs> you know jerseys aren't that cheap, but yeah, it's a, it's an actual United Nations jersey though. That is pretty. I, I'm I'm just going to abandon Scotland for the UN team and basically the most Scottish of ever. If I can get a free jersey, uh, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll do that. Oh, that's great. That's really nice of them. Yeah, they, they were absolutely in on that right away. And WGC has that sort of warm, fuzzy, you know, people of all uh, people of all creeds and races and places all coming together. It definitely has a very nice ambience of that. I think it's very inclusive. Yes. So I guess yeah, very inclusive. I guess there's a big question. So so it's currently scheduled for October. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. 14th to 16th October. And obviously, the big question up in the air at the moment with any large event is uh, how's how's this playing out with the sort of COVID nineteen scenario and uh, what was yeah I know it's a good chunk of time away so so I guess what's what's going on in Austria with that at the moment and, and what are you guys thinking at least? So um, first of all, we are marching forward and we expect the tournament to take place um, at the location um, at that date. That is, I just want to have this out of the way right away. Uh, also, also, Austria has a good grip on the COVID situation right at the moment. We'll see how this works out after Easter, you know, when everybody wanted to visit Granny. Um, but we'll see. Uh, also... Um, I had a long talk with the hotel. I mean, it's a big thing to rent a hotel for 250 people. It's it's nothing you can do lightly. And also there are some, you know, timelines that have to be met. I have a free cancellation date that is um, three months prior to the event taking place. Um, and uh, that was basically my, my deadline. When the whole thing started and I had to accept that it might not happen, um, I approached them and I said, look, I know we have this, we have this agreement, we have this contract, but looking at the situation, um, I would have to pull the plug if the situation hasn't fully recovered at that point. Do you want this? Because that will be my timeline and I wouldn't cover, you know, tens of thousands of euros all out of my own pocket if we have to cancel the event. And they were very forthcoming, shout out to them. Uh, and they said, no, if, if COVID is a thing, you can basically cancel up to close, as close as you have to cancel it. So the idea now is um, we expect the, the international healthcare system to work um, we expect the events to take place and we can review the situation on a constant basis. That also means I have a big bank account right now with all of the prepayments um, okay. where I think 95% of the teams um, have paid the prepayment. There are only some isolated ones who are, um, who are uh, you know, still you know, behind a little bit. But um, if... If, uh, if, if I have to cancel, I'm prepared to repay everybody. Um, that is also a commitment I made. I had some costs already accumulated and paid for, um, but I will, I will cover them out of my own um, financial power because I don't want anyone to suffer to, um, due to a situation that I have created. For example, I did um, get some designs uh, for the goodie bag. Um, this is a big spoiler right now. We will have a miniature this year in the goodie bag. Um, yes and i actually brought the spoiler um i can show you uh, parts of the miniature <laughs> uh, and um and um the design costs had to be paid because i i you know i ordered the uh, design of the miniature before covid started and that means sure. i i have to pay the guy i could just go yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that, that is very exciting to have a manager. And I, and I think it's extremely, you know, reassuring to hear, you know, obviously a lot of things are up in the air at the moment, but it's extremely reassuring to hear that you've, you've got that option of the sort of cancellation and that, um, you know, you expect to go ahead with it and you aim to go ahead with it. Um, I think obviously it's, I guess obviously the, the big sort of groups that that's, you know, I think most, uh, they'll go to the wire probably, the Europeans are probably going to wire on this. Like I know for a fact that the guys in London we are all talking about, look at the very least if we can, if it's if it's on, you know, we can drive over there. It'll take us a day, but we can do it. Yes. Whether, where, like I saw it. Things, yeah. yeah, it's America and Australia and Argentina and those guys that, yeah. you know, are, are the ones that you know are, are sinking the money into the flight. I saw America had announced their teams as well. Um, yes, and, and we had obviously. three US teams sign up. Yeah, and and obviously you don't know how these things are playing out, but for for any any listeners who aren't sort of following the news particularly or are you know, or maybe not not based in Europe, like um, Austria is one of the countries that seems to have a pretty good handle on this situation as far as anyone does and you know and there's a lot of reports in the UK I think a lot of us are thinking why can't we be more like Austria um, so, uh, so it's, it's encouraging to hear I think um, and God knows you know if, if it is going ahead and you know and hopefully you know the signs are good in that sense we will all definitely need a big blowout I think so that's, that's the other big reason to go right <laughs> that's true that's true um, also so I'm I brought you a spoiler, and I will allow you to post this on your social media if you like. Oh yeah, please! Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll put this into the chat now, so you can you can I, you can I can catch your live reaction. Oh yeah, let's <laughs> some let's some, some speculation on what this might be. Ooh. Loading up. Oh, so that's it. Yeah. Should we do that thing where, which is always like great radio, where where people on radio try and describe? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. I, it's a bodice with a, there's a bodice. There's a there's a hitched skirt. I think um, there is some sort of roughly stuff. Um, I, I'm going with the fact you've made a sculpture of Andrew and Drag. <laughs> that has to be quite big. I think uh, that's, that's correct. Isn't it? Um, that, that looks, um, could be I'm, a bit Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing uh, Bet Hemlock. That's that's my guess. Mm-hmm, that's a very good guess. Yes. Yeah. It's not a yes, this is it, but uh, it's a good guess. <laughs> good guess. We'll put a listener quiz out there. Um, we'll put it on the we'll put it on the on the social media feed, and if, yes. if the listener can correctly identify it, um, we will. I don't, I'm going to make this up on the spot, but Scarlet, I I will buy one off you, and I will send it to that listener once they are once they are printed. Uh, if a listener can correctly guess the model. Oh yeah, yeah. The, you you will get one for free if if someone gets this right away. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's see what happens with it. I, I want it to be. A, I want to tell you what this girl. I do want it. I do want this to be a massive wind up, and it actually to be seen. Like that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Is that it's a it's sort of Cena wearing a dress on one leg, um, or, or Fisher. Fisher would be the other one. So, so Cena, Cena actually was um, in in the closer group of characters that might have been done. Um, uh, did but, he, did he was their experience put you Maybe it's a gender bent sculpture. Who knows? Anyhow, um, the 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 um, just to give you some some information about this. So this will not be an official Steamforge miniature. I have to put this out right away. Um, you won't be able to play this at official Steamforged events. How many? However, there will be in the future. Uh, there are there are a lot of those, aren't there? Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy, um, but you will be able to play this as the designated miniature 
future WTCs, for example. So don't know what's 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 more important right now in the great scale of things, but we will see. That's great. It's really exciting. I, I look forward to finding out uh, finding out uh, who or what that may be. Mainspring. It's mainspring and address. Mainspring and address. <laughs> Yes, no. <laughs> to you. Ten by ten got very, very lonely in isolation. And <laughs> so, metal or resin? Uh, metal or resin? Uh, um, so that is that is still um, that is still a, an open question. So I've been working with Ross uh, from Steamforged uh, on picking a miniature um, a producer. Uh, he and I are talking about um, you know the plastic option that um, the shepherds are. Um, the resin option is also on the table, and the WTC committee has a, a fruitful history with the Rinentos, you know, the, the guys who did all the Steamforged uh, metal miniatures. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I, I can't tell you yet. It's designed in a way so we, that we can do it in, in we both ways. Yeah. Um, but I don't know yet. It also depends on um, cost, obviously, because we are, it's, it's extremely small run. We're producing 250 of those miniatures, uh, not more, not less, uh, and uh, the mold cost at that amount of miniatures is, you know, it's takes a high. big bite. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the, the mold cost is as high. Yeah. If if we do it in metal, the mold cost is as high as the assorted miniature cost. Oh, oh, that's yeah, I could believe that. Um, well, let let us know how you get on with it. Cause I can always I can always chat to the guys at um, Vanguard Miniatures. Mm-hmm. Who do all of the epic models that sort of stuff? So they, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if if you if you end up you know, you've got Russ, you've got better contacts than I. <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you need someone, I know a few people who do who do those those sort of things very well. So mm-hmm. but that, that's, that's, a very, that's an exciting goodie. Um, I'm I'm going just for that basically. And obviously, the event itself is in uh, a new location this year. It is not in Poland. It is not in Belgium. It is in obviously Austria. Um, yes. Whereabouts in Austria? How do you get there? What's the attraction? Um, so let's pretend I've not I've not Google Earth the hotel and um, <laughs> and that Maria Violet's uh, sister doesn't live quite nearby. Let's pretend that it's a totally new thing to me. <laughs> so so I can I can start with the eerie part. I can say I'll start with the fact based part. What would you like to hear? The Geary, clearly. Okay, so when I went to the hotel, and keep in mind that was built in the late 70s, um, and it's it's a skiing resort hotel. Um, there aren't a lot of, you know, big conferences or anything like that, but people built it to have a lot of big conferences. So uh, I went there after I got the initial offer, and um, a big topic was, you know, having, having the venue space to have um, 100 tables at the same time. So my gross calculation was uh, one table needs three square meters of room, one square meter for the table, um, one square meter in in front, one square meter behind, so the people can actually move past each other and so on and so forth. So I was calculating on 300 square meters of venue space, and they showed me their list of meeting rooms, which had uh, three 100 square meters meeting rooms, um, a... a, a, um, gentleman's room with with uh, you know open fire uh, and so on and so forth which was another 100 square meters and several small ones and i went there and i looked at the rooms i looked at the um, various meeting rooms and he showed me the big one and uh, we went through all of them and i was pretty happy and and we went through everything and i was like so meeting room four which is another 100 square meter meeting room you didn't show me that one i would like to see it and you know walk through it in brief and he said 
there is no meeting room for. I was like, you guys offered me a meeting room for with 100 square meters of room. I need that meeting room for. Where is meeting room for? And keep in mind, this is the hotel manager. <laughs> and he went to a cleaning lady and, and asked, do we have a meeting room for? And she's like, yeah, it's on the third floor. You have to walk through the glass doors, to, through the dark corridor, and then there is the meeting room for. And he was like, I'm running this hotel for 10 years. I've never been there. And we walked into that <laughs> Literally like in The Shining. I was, there were cobwebs. There was nothing there. This room hadn't been entered for a decade. <laughs> so that's where all the morticians players are going, right? Yes, yes. This is all the mortician heroes go in there. Yeah, that's, that's where they're just hanging out. Like, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's amazing. Uh, it's also a bit like, is it um, being John Malkovich? Yeah. They have the you know floor more like thirteen and three quarters or whatever, isn't it? They go to that's uh, that's very good. Yeah, it's that's great, good. Yeah. But the fact-based stuff is it's one hour south of Vienna Airport. Um, there is a train connecting it, so there is an irregularly running train that connects directly to the airport, um, the airport to the hotel. That is what I want to say. Um, but if you don't catch one of those, go like every two and a half hours, something like this. Um, you can just um, ride the airport to Vienna main station and then take a, a different train to to the Semmering station, which is pretty much the same as you would do in Belgium, where you also, you know, you get to the airport, you take a train, you change once, and then you get to, to the venue. Um, and it's it's in um, Semmering, which is the first skiing resort in the eastern part of the Alps. So this is actually a skiing hotel. Um, you you will walk past the, um, the um, you know, base station where all the skiing um, stuff takes place and there's the um, the the I'm really bad with with uh, uh, speaking English stuff with um, skiing oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is where the limit of my why would you know that I mean like, like as well like there's, there's literally no reason for you to know that so and given yeah. uh, given your excellent English Carol, I don't think we we can take you to task on that I mean, I, can, I, can make up, I know nothing about skiing, so I can make up words for you. I don't know, if that's, Andrew. That's great, Andrew, you a skier? Um, no. <laughs> no, no. So to no. summarize this, this is basically where all the skiers are being put into big cannons and shot up the mountain, so they can drive yeah. down again. This is what, what this is. Yeah. Ski cannons. Yes, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's that's some skiing technology. I have to call my brother-in-law. He's he's a keen skier. There you go. <laughs> Asking about skiing cannons in Austria, yeah. um, and, and obviously, like for, for the ridiculously, for people who are even less informed than I am about skiing, obviously October is not ski season, correct? Exactly, exactly, and this is why we get the hotel. Um, no, this hotel we, would be we closed. In, yeah, we won't be bumping into you know. Uh, I mean, I know he's dead, but we won't be bumping into Roger Moore. No, yeah, I mean maybe maybe in room four, maybe we'll meet Roger Moore in room four. <laughs> no, this is this is basically what I did. I I called them up and I told them, "What are you doing in October?" And they said, "We're closed." Are you still closed if I get you two hundred and fifty people into your hotel for a weekend? Oh, open now. <laughs> and yeah, we're open now. <laughs> that was the answer, yeah. and the rest was just negotiation. That's, yeah, here's that's here's the barbell, the last WCC. Can we can we come? <laughs> that that is actually one of the requests I had and it's part of the contract the bar must not close Amazing. so I wonder what the bar bill was was that Andrew? I wonder what the bar bill the bar bill is let's see how much I have no idea but I spent too much money I, yeah, yes I, I spent a, a lot 
of money, um, even more than the even more than the year we were there, Andrew. Um, which is, yeah, which is uh, worrying, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, that's that's the worrying thing for the the Scotland one uh, thing. When when I was chatting to um, Bryce about it, he was saying, "Well, you can go. You know, we'll, we'll have you because you'll be the responsible one out of the three yeah. of us." <laughs> so, it, it, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that seems. Uh, I'm older than you all. Like that's true, but I'm not necessarily more responsible as I think a lot of uh, a lot of people can testify. Um, well, it seems like a great venue. I'm, I'm already looking forward to that. Are we allowed to use the chairlifts, or are they are they turned off? Um, they will be turned off because uh, the hotel is reachable by car, so okay. we wouldn't need them. I mean, we can organize a ride up to 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 the top of the mountain and maybe get get one of the skiing bars open there, but I don't recommend it. Oh, oh that's a that's a, I mean, to be fair, you usually don't get much further than a table or a bar, so that's that's no problem. So you have um, so you've you've had deposits from countries. How many countries have signed up so far? Uh, we have, and I have the document open, um, we have 55 um, countries signed up, um, oh. 54, I forgot the, the you know, the, the header, um, uh, which is all right. Uh, we were gunning for 64. Um, there will be some more, I guess, who will, you know, be late. We haven't heard from several teams that, that were there at the last WTCs, like Canada, like um, Argentina. Um, we only have one Chinese team. That's all for, for Asia, basically, besides Russia. So the Chinese, the Chinese team is pretty exciting. We haven't had one of those before, have we? Yes, I have a Chinese team. And now I, I, I'm going to, to let you guess something. What's, what's the age of the youngest player who will attend the WTC? Oh. And play. Uh, yes, 14. Ooh. 14, wow. Yes, it's a guy from Northern Ireland. Uh, oh, not, oh, is it the, the, um, the guy's got the YouTube channel, doesn't he? He's yes, playing against yes, the sun. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. And that's they're coming together. Oh, they, fantastic. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, as we said, there's a lot of drinking. Um, I told them that um, there is a legal drinking age in Austria, as there is everywhere else. Um, it's very low in Austria, actually. Um, <laughs> um, but I need him to be around his son. Um, basically around the clock because I can't, you know, have the boy wander about at 2 a.m. in the morning. That just doesn't work. But um, you've also also scared, scared if you say that, but you've also met Irish people, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My boss is an Irish man. I know the Irish people. There you go. There you go. is good. I just looked up last year, so that's already uh, four teams more than last year. Yes. Uh, yes. That would include the UN teams that took part last year. Yeah. So we have uh, China or a new country. Any any other spoilers on sort of Northern Ireland or obviously a new country? They can't take all. Yes. So we have Sweet, um, um, Finland with three uh, three teams, Germany with four, Switzerland three times, Sweden three times, China, Poland twice as well, England four times, Scotland twice, Norway twice, um, Northern Ireland, Ireland, Belgium, France, Russia, Hungary. Yeah, the usual guys, Slovenia. So strong. And and the big question is obviously if you if you were to make a prediction right now, um, who's going to finish second behind Germany? Who's going to finish second behind Germany? <laughs> you know what? I'd love to see the Chinese finish second. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd take that. Yeah, I, I like the idea that they have a sort of secret uh, secret meta. Yes, they play with seven players on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, and they're doing some serious sort of dojo work on it. 
Um, uh, I... Seriously, I don't know. I, I just hope everybody has fun. Uh, I don't know who gets beaten by Germany in the final. Yeah. Anyone. It could be any of us, let's That's be true. honest. <laughs> it could be absolutely any of us. That's brilliant. Is there, is there anything else you wanted to cover on, on that topic, Geralt? Um, because I think it's, I think the big thing for us is that, personally, it's it's great to hear that you still intend to go ahead. It's great to hear that you've got a really good like option on late cancellation if there's a problem with it. It, it, it sounds incredibly organised. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be a little cheeky towards uh, some of Andrew's friends and say the organisation level in this puts vengeance to shame. Um, <laughs> it's my job. I work as a project manager and I approach this like a work project. So I had finances, timelines, all of that in my MS project tool, like lined out two weeks after the WTC, the last one was done. And oh, that is how I approach it. I, I exactly know how much money I'm spending on, on which part of the goodie bag. Uh, I exactly know how much everybody's, you know, spending on, on food and, and recommendation and so on and so forth. So we actually, we're actually working right now with the hotel on getting the room sorted out and getting the teams sorted. So we have like, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to organize it like, like linguistic, groups like i'll have all the english speakers in, in one part because it's easy for you guys and i'll have um the german speaking nations close together because it just it just kind of meshes um so so i'm, I'm doing all of that already <laughs> at this point it's very great if, if the germans are, if the german speaking nations are all sleeping together though uh where is um jay claire going to pass out that's the that's the key question. Like, is the knee falls asleep in like Timmy's bed last time. <laughs> so there is there is a second, very very small um, um, bed and breakfast, basically, which is like two walking minutes from the venue, where the streaming team and 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 the um, WTC team will be located because the hotel is full. Uh, if right. we get all of the players, um, so he can pass out on, in my bed if he likes. He can, he can have your bed, uh, yes, assuming yes. he obviously uh, making and, and obviously um, glory goals are coming to do the streaming. So yes, shout out to those guys. They yeah. they sorted me out. Um, I'm very pleased to have them around. Um, we we got in contact through Mr. Easton. Thank you for 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 putting us um, you know in contact and um, we talked. There was a, an agreement right away. We put this we put this down in a you know some, some it's a loose rule book. Uh, to, to what they, what I want out of them because basically I want them to have all the games on on all six um, um, you know stages of the tournament and all three tables recorded they're going to stream one game and all games get recorded on all three of the you know number one tables and they're going to put them all onto onto their YouTube so we get much more for everybody who can't get there okay. to review after the tournament so when um when my erstwhile teammate Connor Rooney takes a one dice snapshot, uh, that that is guaranteed to be on stream, listeners. So you will see that. I, if I if you manage to play on the first table, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. That's, uh, um, but I think my big takeaway from this, Geralt, is uh, you obviously are a man who knows what you're doing, and you are doing it in a very effective and efficient way. So please, I think, listener, don't. Uh, this is not someone idly saying, yeah, we're going ahead with it. This is someone no. who puts a great deal of thought and energy and uh, process into this, making the best decision available to them at this time that we are going ahead and that is happening. So I, I, I personally find that uh, extremely reassuring uh, and it's, it's good to hear. So but it, it, I'm also the guy who had a season spigot lose me a game last WTC on five dice on three plus. So. Oh. <laughs> 
You're playing season spigot, though. I mean, like, you're being too hipster. That's the trouble. <laughs> Obviously. You're trying to score goals with Brewers, man. Like, you should have you know, one goal from Friday to win the game. Um, no, no, no season. This is order. Don't you know your oh, lore? Oh, you're an order player, aren't you? Oh, that is, that is rough. That is really rough. Yeah, lost by the game lord. What are the odds of that missing? It, it was disgusting. Also, I also, in that same game, didn't score my goal with um, Brisket in tapping range with four dice. So, do the odds of that. Oh, I lost 12 I mean, nil to Farmers. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, if, if that happens, I mean, I think I said to you, yeah, Farmers are a bit of a jinx with WTC because I, I missed a five dice shot against Farmers with with vitriol at the last WTC in the infamous Grange matchup where my opponent put down Grange I had no <laughs> idea what Grange did or how to deal with it and I was not feeling the best that morning anyway uh, and, and before uh, I was a little uh, I got a little overexcited the night before um, but yeah, so uh, be, being the high quality player that I am, I, I basically just ran away from my opponent for uh, roughly forty five minutes until they clocked out. Uh, <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, that's that's it about the WTC. Um, I'm trying to do my best to to make it a great venue, um, okay. and I hope everybody's coming and we'll have a good time. And if Germany wins, Germany wins. I mean, I mean obviously they're going to win, so <laughs> that's uh, that's fine. Um, should we talk a little bit about the um, the Guild Ball? What's the term for what they called it? Uh, the thing that Matt Hart put on, on Twitter. Field the field test. The Guild Ball field test. Mm, um, yes. So. For for those of you that saw or didn't see this on Twitter, Matt Hart, um, the what is his official job title? Chief Executive, uh, creative, uh, I think he is. creative director of Steamforge, and one of the founders who uh, was on our second to last podcast. Andrew, I can't remember how many have gone okay. out since then. He was on one of our podcasts talking about his his vision for Steamforge. Um, he put out a tweet, sort of uh, or a series of tweets, basically asking people to think about ways the game could be changed or improved or overhauled in order to both uh, retain its existing player base and attract new players because i think it's a it's it's no secret that uh, you know it could do with an injection of, of new players into the scene and that's what they're seeking to do so i don't know if i don't know scarif as i guess what was what were your thoughts what was the austrian community's reaction to this because there was, there was quite strong reaction in some communities to this uh, <laughs> um let me let me be very frank up front. Um, the uh, Steamforge guys have been a great sport in supporting me in organizing the WTC, and and I I hold no ill, um, you know, emotions towards them. But I think if you say um, there needs to be more chance in a game that is like a modern game of chess, I thoroughly disagree. Um, I want this game to be predictable and um, I want to be able to do the math. I want to be able to um, um, control my activation with tokens, markers, steppers, however, and I want to be able to know that um, a, I don't know, quadruple six doesn't end my game on the other end. You know what I mean? I just, I, every, we all know, we just talked about, you know, Season Spigot messing up his, his, his goal shot. That happens. But I, the game has to be controllable. I think that the element of randomness needs to be minimized for it to be a successful game. Because otherwise it becomes a beer and pretzels game. 
and uh, Games Workshop is doing a fantastic job at those. I, I think you basically sum up exactly what I'm 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 thinking, Scarif, is I I and I, it sort of came up in the discussion with Matt as well, is that there are a lot of games where you can roll lots of sixes to win the game. Like yes. and, and get it at random. Um I think I I'm personally and I'll be interested to know what you thought about this, is that my views in terms of expansion of Guild Ball or how it can be based up is you know, it had a it had a good six months, six, twelve months almost in hiatus. You, now there is product available, you can get models, you can get miniatures for most teams. There's still a few that you can, but for most teams you can get it. If you want to start playing you can get it. But you you had a good period where that was not the case or the quality around those models was not the case. And uh, and I feel like the issue in terms of recruitment is obviously you um, and I know this from doing stuff for Epic, right? Because that was that is a game that was discontinued and the community took it over. And the big thing for us was not reinventing or rebalancing the rules. The big thing was getting models that, that were that there was stuff available that people felt like it was a community that they could come into. And obviously one of the side effects of um, the delays about uh, SteamCon and all that sort of thing was that you know there was a very big national circuit set up uh, last you know so twelve to eighteen months ago. And that's all been on hiatus while people have been waiting for that. So I, I agree with you. I do, what I really don't want to see is more things like uh, Corcus three up and vulnerable save. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not interested. Like there are loads of other games that do that mechanic that have models. Like the thing about Guild Ball that attracted at least me and has kept me into it is the game depth. Uh, the quality of the miniatures, uh, you know, the strength of the community, but that it is, as you say, like the, the brilliant thing about the playbook system is it actually it evens out dice spikes. Yes, it does. Ways. Of course, you have, you know, you if you roll six sixes, it's no, it's just six successes, and I think evening out that thing makes it a much more interesting playing experience. And I and I say this both it's like compared to a lot of players, I'm reasonably new to Guild Ball. I've played for about three years. Um, so I've definitely done my time getting smashed about on bottom, you know, smashed about by experienced <laughs> players in a few games, and and now I occasionally uh, occasionally win games. So it's it's a uh, I th- I think that is the crux of the issue. What I wouldn't like to see is is the I would really not worry about the game becoming like a poor imitation of other games with more random elements that have. Um, you know, that have the marketing and PR budgets that SFG can't compete with. Uh, you know, so I, th- I personally, I would agree with you. I think it's about making clear that the game is available, making clear the models are available, and having a clear sort of marketing plan. I'd love to see another kickoff box. I don't have any stats on whether that sold well or not, but anecdotally, you know, um, I was looking for a game for my brother for a birthday or a Christmas present. Uh, there's no, there's no box game for Guild Ball as a starter game, so I got him a Night Vault. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the starter box, um, so that 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 sort of that sort of starting in one go box feels like a, it feels like a big miss to me. But I don't know what you guys think. I think there is a massive miss on the kickoff box. Um, I have a very good case study on this. Um, two guys in Graz actually weren't part of the community, weren't known by you know not even the X Wing or Warhammer, you name it, guys. They just picked up a a kickoff box. Um, I think three months ago. In, in in a random store sale that had it on stock and sold it for like 20 quid or something like this. And and suddenly they popped up and they were like, so guys, we've been playing this uh, Mason's versus Brewers thing and the, I have, we have some rule questions. And they asked the rule questions. And the first answer was, are you guys seriously playing last edition? 
Yes, yeah. they had no idea. They were existing in the bubble. They were just two guys picking up the game, falling in love with it, and trying to understand what these odd, um, um, you know, team rules where you get like more healing or you know the the thing they experimented with before the game plan decks came. Uh, oh like, yeah, yeah. The... They they stumbled over that and they were like, mm, we could use that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think you can't underestimate how how hard it is to find rule sets for a game when you first start. Like, it's one yes. of the things that, like, you know, the sort of digital pathways are, are pretty unclear for most games for that. And this is, this is not a pop at SFG. This is, a, this is an issue for lots of games, um, I think. So actually, yeah, having it in a self-contained way, and I'm aware that that's something that they would then have to update as the seasons change. But, you know, that, that feels like a, a thing that they could look at, really. I mean, I know there's some talk about... I could see tinkering with some of the rules you know someone someone suggested that um uh what was i think it was uh, michael coomber was i was chatting to michael coomber about it um so british champion and he was he he made some suggestions that things like um counter charge and unpredictable movement should basically be the player who the basically if you know if i have midas uh and you charge me it's my risk i have to tell you that i have unpredictable movement it's mm-hmm. not on you to remember that I have it. You know, it's an open information game, so it removes some of those gotchas. And I quite like that idea. Like, you know, as much as, you know, occasionally you get it with Midas, and that's great, but it's a that feels like a thing that is a bit of a negative experience to a newer player. But I, I don't feel like rule changes need to go further than that sort of thing. You know, maybe every every model has get back in there. I will now use a word that was is sorely hated in the War Machine Holds community. Uh, you're talking about a design space issue right there. If you take this away, like this gotcha element, uh, you're weakening that special rule. So you have to review uh, characters like, let's say, Season Prisket, who's heavily relying on this um, if she doesn't want to die with her 3-1 or 4-1, whatever it is. Um, uh, you would have to you know, give that character something else that, that brings about a balancing change in itself if if you change the rule for that. But I agree, it's an open information game and you should be very upfront with all your special rules, um, but you can only tell your opponent ever so often what your rules are. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of hard. At one point, yeah. um, you have to be either smart enough to look up the character you are about to attack and play fast enough to do that, or memorize these things. But, yeah, that's interesting. Because yeah. how many times do you ever actually get it off? Because I, you know, I play Alchemist, and you know, two out of the three captains, the captains I've traditionally used, both have unpredictable. Mm. And I think I've used it. I think in in like in sort of high tier play, I would say I have used unpredictable movement once, twice, maybe yes. ever. Like, you know, um, people, people, so so it is. It feels to me like it's more of an issue. Like you know, it's just something you know the model has, so you can't engage them. Um, so it feels like good players are already playing with that knowledge, but whether as newer players might actually get done by it more often. And that is exactly the point. If you play a new player, you should be very, very, very upfront about, look, if you do this, I will move away because of this rule. You have to teach him to a point where he memorizes this. Where it is extremely strong is in the fifth round in WTC, your team is unbeaten, your opponent is one and a half minutes over his clock, and he engages your captain. This is where it's strong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think one of the instances where I've got it off has been actually playing against uh, playing a Malcolmist mirror match, Mm -hmm. Uh, and my (laughs) opponent was was down. You know, was into was into death clock. 
and and you know just walked around smoke and so you're like okay i'm gonna do this now um uh it was it was former guest of the show dan best um like uh who's one of the nicest guys at guildball as well dan best dan best incidentally got into got into guildball through the box set yeah i i think i had the same with the with the first sort of three months he's using the cardboard templates the plastic and stuff he came into the club with that um and I think presence in a game is not to be admitted. I think also like um, yeah, presence, at a, presence at, a, at a con, like um, I've heard reports, admittedly anecdotal reports, because I've not been to one. No one has recently. Conventions where Steam can go to them and they have no Gilbert stuff on sale themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. I mean, I, I don't know how much they sell um, Gilbert nowadays, but I think Gilbert is a, a fantastic game and should be held up as them as being a great product to be to be proud of. Not something that's oh yeah we used to do this a while ago but it doesn't sell anymore whatever, whatever. I mean that's me wasn't their mouth might not be true at all um, but why why is it that we're even having this conversation how often do we see them talk about it how can we see them market it I'm not sure how, how often we do uh, mm. I mean yeah. fans drive communities a lot and I guess we're part of that but I think the whole the whole nationals thing I mean I, I don't know how many new players it gets into the game but I mean looking at esports and everything else obviously they're much bigger crowds than, than any war game. But they they have them partially the marketing all the reason one reason why all the all these games like League of Legends and Overwatch have big sports communities partially because it's great and it's a big presence for the game isn't it and it markets the game and having these big tournaments is another thing it shows the game's active and live and vibrant doesn't it people talk about it and have, have conversations about it and I think um, a lot of war gamers are quite um, sensitive to games that feel like they're dead they're dying mm-hmm, that's um, true and they don't want to get involved in games that feel like that because they want to be, they want to be involved in games that they know are going to be around for a while. I don't know whether you even obviously you play Epic with four of money as being a dead game. And you, some people go, well, actually, Epic's dead. I'm not going to be playing it. I think you get some people. I think if people do say that, but I think that the flip side of that is actually the one, the way that Epic can sell it. I mean, obviously, it's a small scene. It's not a big scene, but like, but it does sell itself in response to that as, no, GW discontinued this game 10, 12 years ago, and there are still eight, nine tournaments a year in the UK alone. Yeah, so, so, so I think so, yeah, nobody's yeah, doing yeah. this in Austria. Nobody, not one uh, player. No, there's some players in Germany. There's, yeah. there was, so WTC was in Germany last year, uh, two years ago for uh, for Epic. So there's a couple of communities in Germany, um, mm-hmm. but they're not big. But I guess the point is the way, in response to your question, Andrew, the way that that sells it to people is like, no, this has gone on for a decade at least without any support from GW. So it's not going anywhere now. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. And I really don't want to be, you know, like the guy who's surprised about something like this. I still play Breath of Fleet Gothic, so (laughs) (laughs) it's not much better off. But on on the topic of availability of models, um, when the initial last run of Metal Miniatures was done, um, Pundit got a crack on, you know, buying their last stock in in the Pundit store. Um, you know, not being a pundit anymore, there's no reason to hold back on that. And uh, what I did, and what several other pundits did as well, is just we. I bought up like I have another alchemists team, another farmer, uh, farmers, brewers, engineers, and union team still lying around who are basically waiting for new players who can, uh, whom I could, you know, engage and and. Um, excite in the, in the product and just tell them there you go pay me 20 bucks there you got a 12-man team play with it yeah. get into the game and then buy something else or support a new player if you find one and yeah. i think that's the best way to go about um getting getting 
getting people into the game, have miniatures available, just put them in their hands, have have this, you know, shiny new thing effect um, happen, which every one of us, because we're all big boys, um, has, and and then, you know, move from there. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on, Scarf. I think, I think you're... You're, you're right. I, I don't have anything really to add to that unless you do. Unless you do, Andrew, any any sort of further codas on the uh, um, on the the guild ball, whatever it's called, field test. Uh, I mean, it's very hard to look at it completely objectively because I've been playing it. Well, I'm playing it for a while, but I've been involved in the guild ball, guild ball since season one. So it's very hard for me to look at it and go, "Oh, I don't know whether they can or not." Because it's, it's, it's too late for me to sort of unlearn all, everything I know about it. Um, <laughs> But I do think that a, a starter box would be a superb idea. Now, obviously, that's something for totally agree with saying about this. There's no way they could produce a plastic box set with a decision wouldn't yeah. happen. That's yeah. true. That's true. So I guess you have what you do get. I guess the, the thing... I'm, you know, it's the same. All of us have played for a while. I'm the newest player out of the three of us, but like, I've still played for a little while. But, but I guess the common thing that when people talk about this is... An enthusiastic local community, an enthusiastic pundit, or someone's taking the time to help you learn, and or the starter box. Yes, uh, that's. Um, I didn't have a. I didn't have a pundit to start with. It was me. It was Charles Nurse. Charles Nurse told me about it because he was. He plays Epic as well. So I heard about it from him, and then me and a, you know, me and a mate bought the starter box, played a bit. And then we started playing down at the one of the clubs in London, where we had a uh, uh, where J. Daniel Clemens was a you know very enthusiastic pundit, organised a league for all of us, and about ten of us all started playing. You know, all ten of us had sort of been batting about with it via the starter kit or via other stuff, and we all started playing at the same time. It's bad timing because the SteamCon announcement came just before COVID locked everything down. So for all we know, they're planning on having their Guild Ball events, which fairly regularly, and really pushing the scene again. And we just don't know that or not because, of course, COVID killed all that anyway. So but you could have still had an announcement. If, if, you, if you can't do it, you still could say, look, guys, this is what we were planning. You could still do that. I mean, honestly, and the national thing, because it has been hit on like several times now, honestly, if they're not, if they're not getting into gear and starting this up again, there will be a group of dedicated TOs or players which say, okay, we're going to approach the biggest matters in the world, uh, talk to Germany, talk to England, uh, and so on and so forth, and just do international as ourselves. Why not? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy from a 2,500 um, inhabitants village uh, who's running the WTC next week. If, if you hear this, and you feel next like week, be national, like, uh, uh, be national. I think we might struggle to make it, <laughs> but, but, but honestly, if you, if you hear this, and, and you want to have a, an international tournament of single players who won nationals approach the big national communities and organize a tournament, do it yourself. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I think that, that, that is, that's good. I, I think that's a, quite a nice note to end on, unless we have <laughs> any in-depth uh, further commentary or chat to this. I, I've, I've got absolutely nothing as per usual. Uh, Dr. Jones, no, you're okay. Skerov, uh, I want to say thank you very much for, for coming on, and thanks for, thank you for, having me. for that informative... Uh, I, I can't think of another word. It's late, and I'm, I've been drinking too much. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I bought... I was so much alcohol on Friday night. It's all gone. All gone. Uh... You buy three bottles maximum of each time. You're hoarding your booze. Is your problem? 
Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I went off. Yeah, I set a separate booze run because the wife was messing up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the chances of me running out of whiskey are nil. <laughs> I'm strong. sorry. I, don't, I can usually keep spirits in the house. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit high risk. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. On on that note, uh, um, thank you. Thank you, Scarrow. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you I've, again. Uh, I've been Steve Cole. I'm going to hand over to the host with the most. I've been Andrew. <laughs> this has been singled out a Girl Ball podcast. Thank you very much. Goodbye.